We are the Adventuring Guild, and this is the Home Brew Review. again for joining us for another episode of the Homebrew Review. Last week we took on a crazy bunch of yuggliths and had an amazing slap fight. Virgil's family honor was maintained. We will be starting this week playing The Definition of Heroism. We will do our evaluations of 12th level play and what we're looking forward to at 16th. But real quick, I do have an amazing announcement. Thanks to the wonderful idea suggested by my wife. Love you, honey. Uh, we will be running at 20th level next week. So go ahead with introductions, whoever would like to start. Hi, I'm Hope, and I play Nala Greywhisker, the Cat Scythe Cleric of the Balanced Domain. Last week was really fun because I got to heal a ton, and it was actually super stressful because I was running out of healing spells, and I had to do a lot of band-aids. But it was still really fun. I didn't get any new features last time, and I don't again for this game, but uh, just, I guess, in review of some of the things that I do have, uh, there's Karma Points with the Balanced Cleric, which is 5 plus your level, so once again I get a few more, and those allow me to heal and do damage at the same time. I also have a couple of new channel divinities that are specific to the Balanced Domain that allow me to either take the saving throw that, or yeah, take the effect of a saving throw against me and make the person who cast it do it, and that's the Karmic Relay. Or I can use the Broken Scale, which takes half of the damage of a different creature and turns it into healing for someone else. Um, so that's about it for this time, I guess. Otherwise, yeah, this character is playing really nice. It's really balanced. I honestly haven't really played a really heavy spellcasting class before, so this is a really nice character for doing that, and I've really enjoyed all the different spells that you can have within the main player's handbook and Xanathar's guide, and then the few that were given to Balanced Domain Clerics are really helpful as well. Hello everyone, this is Virgil playing Matthias LaCroix, the Dampere, uh, Vampiric Bloodline Sorcerer. Level 8, or at level 12, excuse me, at level 12, uh, last week, I was able to maintain my family's honor, which made me very happy, <laughs> and a big reason why I was able to uh, comes down to just the, uh, the archetype's abilities, specifically two of them, Vampiric Regeneration and the Extra Attack and the Martial, well, and with that, the uh, Martial Prowess uh, vampiric Regeneration gives me 10 hit points at the start of each of my uh, turns, every round, uh, equal to half my level. So during that uh, honorable slap fight with the Mesoloth, uh, I was able to negate 6 points of damage every round, which was very helpful. It kept me going for a long time. Uh, 
The other one was martial prowess and extra attack. Uh, the sorcerer doesn't normally get those. And martial prowess gives me my unarmed attacks a d6 plus my charisma modifier, and I use er, plus charisma, and charisma is what I use for attack and damage. So I was able to hit fairly well. I missed a few times, but I was able to do sufficient melee damage, and while I have very low AC, I have an AC of 10, those temp hit points, I'm not, I don't want to say uh, make up for that, but they helped cushion uh, they help supplement the the fact that I have such low AC and can easily get hit. Uh, so that was very nice, as well as my 12th level feat of Warcaster, which gave me advantage on my concentration uh, checks for my charms. Uh, since I'm playing a caster who uses mostly concentration-based spells, uh, Warcaster is almost essential for this type of build. As far as balance goes... I see nothing that is uh, outright crazy or uh, anything like that. This is a very well thought out class or archetype. Uh, the abilities work very well together. Uh, so I'm very happy with the class so far. Uh, things that I get at uh, this next level, at 14th level, the archetype gives me Shape Changer. Uh, I can polymorph into a tiny bat or back into my true self. Uh, and during that I gain the uh, um, I get a five foot walk speed, fly speed of 30. Uh, I can't talk, attack or cast spells like you normally would. Uh, all my stats stay the same except for those that uh, except for those that are mentioned in the thing. So it's not a big change, but, it might find its way into some gameplay as far as like scouting missions or anything like that if you're playing in your own campaign. Uh, the Shape Changer uh, could come in handy. I'm excited to see how all this works out in uh, the upcoming sessions. Alright, this is Micah Holmes returning with Audax Fortis, the human metal fury crafter. Um, last session we were able to see just how potent the innate force archetype can be for the Fury Crafter, with the Fury Enhanced Strikes coming through in spades against our Demon Horde. Um, one of the abilities I was able to take advantage of was the alternate craft of, uh, class feature that you get at 11th level for the innate force archetype, which lets you tap into the power of a second elemental type for your furies. I, I use, utilize wind to give me some a little bit more control options as well as a different type of damage with my fury enhanced strikes if I need it. Um, level 16 is going to give me a little bit more of a boost in that, in that uh, the alternate fury craft evolved allows me to either take a third element at a lower level, or at a, at a penalty, or take that second element that I had and treat it as a full uh, class level element. So I'm going to be playing with both wind and metal at 16th level. Um, also gaining another core ability that Fury Crafters have, which is the ability to temporarily tame wild furies. So I will be calling forth element an elemental ally in this next session, I hope, that can give us a little bit of a boost to uh, 
the wonderful group that we have here and uh, really looking forward to seeing what, what I can actually accomplish with uh, with a class that I feel is very well balanced so far. I feel like it is it could fit in with any normal campaign swimmingly. Hello everyone, it is Brayden once again. I am playing Moonbones, the Awakened Undead Sculptor. Uh, last week I did a lot of shoves and annoyed the hell out of some Yugoloths. I did a lot of healing and uh, lots of sort of being on the front lines, tanking a lot of hits with my high armor class. And I'm still yet to go unconscious, which is great. <laughs> um, Aura of Vitality last week proved to be a huge boon. The 10 rounds as just a single spell, a uh, single spell slot grants me 10 rounds of healing as a bonus action. Uh, so that's up to 20d6 of healing over the span of 10 rounds. And I wasn't really that scared of losing concentration of it either due to my hardened focused ability that I got last week. Um, I enjoyed the extra bonus action options I got from Crushing Bulwark, uh, where I could then attack a creature on the ground after knocking it prone with my Charging Bulwark ability. The only problem with that being that, again, uh, that ability is very focused on movement, and if I'm in the thick of combat, I don't really want to rush away and get attacked by the people that are um, in my immediate vicinity. Um, Balance-wise, I think that the, all the, um, sorry, balance-wise, I believe that uh, the class is proving to be very well balanced. Uh, the only thing I think could possibly be improved was perhaps maybe changing some of these movement-based abilities to a shorter range. Uh, having to move 20 feet towards someone is going to pretty much take up your whole turn, or you're going to have to move away and then move back on the next turn just to get that extra uh, ability to knock them prone. Um, I have mitigated that this uh, session, so this week by uh, taking the mobile feat, which will help me move away from people after I've attacked them and grant me another plus 10 to my movement speed. Uh, other changes I'll be getting, I'll be getting improved impromptu battlements, which means that after I slam down my shield and form that wall, I can immediately make another copy of my shield in my hand, which means that if I'm standing next to my wall and have my shield in my hand, I'll have a whopping armor class of 22, which is going to be fantastic. I'm in, excited to try out some of my fourth level spells. The two that I have chosen are Banishment, which is always a good choice, and Find Greatest Steed. Since Moonbones couldn't get on top of that unicorn in the last session. He's going to get on top of something, that's for sure. Uh, I'm planning on having him ride around on a Pegasus, maybe, or just control it. Um, <laughs> I also get the Artist Eye ability, which is a bonus action, and it grants me crits on 19 or 20, advantage on investigation, nature, or in and insight checks, sort of made towards the target, so long as they remain within 60 feet of me. Uh, the downside of that being that I have to maintain concentration over it, so I'm not sure whether that will see much use outside of roleplay, but yeah, I'm excited. The classes fit in well with the rest of the party and doesn't seem to be outplaying anyone and seems to be holding its own. All right. Uh, we will go ahead then and get started. Kind of for a little bit of back information, once again, anybody that is elven, half-elven, or has significant ties to the elf community, which would at least be Moonbones, 
you guys would have been contacted by um, Isabel Natar, the leader of the Displaced Elves of Mithdranar, who is currently in Semberholm. Uh, she claims that one of the Lolnorn, Lornorn, uh, still exists within the rubble of the Broken City, and that it is attempting to contact her. She is concerned that something is not right with the creature, and that a threat is imminent. The First Lord of Hillsfar has pledged to support the elves in any way possible as a sign of his good faith. So, um, you guys would have been approached about that, and then also anybody that's proficient in Arcana, um, which is who here? Virgil? Alright, um, nope, you don't need to roll. Um, across the world, the weave magic itself has begun to unravel. The effect can be tracked to the general region of the ruins of Mithdranar. Though, further investigation is needed to pinpoint the source of the trouble. Since you guys already did the last adventure, Forgotten Foes, go ahead and actually roll me uh, Arcana checks, anybody that wishes to. 19. And you have advantage, excuse me, uh, because you guys played Forgotten Foes. 26. I'm wearing exactly the same. Okay. Uh, you then have access to player's handout number one, <gasps> which, yes, I know the prestige of this. I will go ahead and on here I will scroll down um, pulled threads. You guys would know about pulled threads. They are the weave that governs uh, the behavior flow and operation of magic in places of extreme magical conflict, one might find an anti-magic zone or even dead magic zones. But in some rare places, an arcanist may discover a pulled thread, which is a phenomenon that when it occurs during, uh, that occurs during great arcane battles and all sorts of funky stuff basically happens with uh, magic. So how this affects you guys, perception-wise, uh, a pulled thread is obviously uh, it's often very easy to spot as it has kind of a warping effect. Uh, it can manifest itself in those magical disturbances. So um, the thing that you guys fought with all the tentacles, that was the effect of a pulled thread. And then while in the presence of them. So a pulled thread is often a link to a specific school of magic. It links directly to the weave. And if a creature attempts to cast a spell of that school while within five feet of a pull thread, there's a 50% chance the spell will be empowered as per the sorcerer metamagic ability, or a 50% chance that it will be countered and absorbed into the weave itself. So when you guys end up having that um, happen, uh, or cast a spell within five feet of one of those, let me know and I will let you know what happens. And then also, um, power. A pulled thread radiates energy. Any character that is proficient in arcana and any creature that is capable of casting spells or using magical abilities can feel the siren's call. If such a creature within 50 feet of a pulled thread at the start of its turn, it must succeed in a DC 10 wisdom saving throw or else they must cast a non-cantrip spell this turn if they have spell slots remaining. Alternately, a creature could use a magical ability if it has no spell slots remaining. Each time a creature succeeds on the saving throw, the DC is increased by 2. This effect resets after the creature has rested for a 10-day. A creature proficient in Arcana automatically knows what school the pulled thread is linked to. And then the last bit of it is just basically that um, a creature that has uh, no spell slots or magical ability still feels the pull. Um, or a creature that possesses permanent magical abilities but has no spell slots and no magical abilities, such as basically innate magic, still does it uh, with a wisdom saving throw, as noted above instead. So um, that is what happens. I'll go ahead and leave that up for you guys so you can see it. 
Um, but that is basically what we will be contending with during this. On to all of that. Just so you guys know, the terrain around this area, um, the outer reaches of the ruins of Mitradar are dotted with chunks of stone and broken masonry, and vegetation is very sparse. There's a cold wind blowing from the Moon Sea far to the north, and the sun is low on the horizon with nightfall only about an hour away. So there's a faint electrical scent almost in the air, and every few minutes the sound of crashing stones can be heard in the distance. So as you guys arrive, you stand about 30 feet from a pulled thread keyed to evocation magic. The landscape ahead is nearly silent, cut only by the low, mournful howl of the north wind. Pieces of stone dot the landscape, and a huge mound of rubble can be spied about a mile to the south. Strange eddies of energy dot the landscape around you, simultaneously leaking energy and pulling it back in. This is causing a severe warping effect, twisting your perceptions. It does not take a formally trained eye to realize the magic itself has gone awry here. Well, what would you guys like to do? You're within about 30 feet of this um, pulled thread. So go ahead, and anybody that does have spells of evocation, roll uh, DC 10 Wisdom Saving Throw. All of you, uh, the DC now increases to 12. What would you guys like to do? Um, we should skirt around the pulled thread. I agree. Mm-hmm. And uh, make our way towards our destination. Okay. Um, I'm just going to tell you guys, let me know if you need to, uh, if you need me. I'm going to polymorph into a bat because that way I can't cast spells while if for something happens, I can't cast a spell while I'm polymorphed. So I'm going to polymorph into a bat and just fly with you guys. Edwin's Please, can we do reverse of the Osborne? Get in my mouth. <laughs> Watch, dispel magic all of a sudden and poof. Oh, yeah. oh god. Edwin kind of swats at you as you fly around. Yeah. Okay. So you guys uh, kind of skirt around there and you continue to walk towards your goal. Every once in a while, you do see um, pulled threads just keep appearing around you. You guys just continue to try to skirt around them. Do you want to try and investigate one of these? Figure out what's going on? What would you guys like to do? Uh, <clears throat> I'm assuming every time you spot one right now, you're staying outside kind of that 50 foot as much as you're basically able to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. These pulled threads, by any chance, obviously aren't considered a creature. No, they would be an environmental effect. Mm-hmm. I'm actually not sure I have any vocation spell. <laughs> if you don't have anything from that school, you wouldn't be affected. I have one spell. One. <laughs> Which is kind of a brutal spell, too. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so what would you guys like to do? Is there any way to get to our destination without going through the pull threads? At some point, you will have to. They get denser and denser the further you walk. I was trying to get through them as quickly as possible. Alright, you guys are able to walk. Wait, wait, how high up do they go? Not very high. They're only about, um, probably, they're, they're a magical disturbance, so they would be kind of, so they would be roughly, I'm going to call it like a ten foot sphere, randomly placed. You can fly. Yes. I can cast fly three times. I have a Pegasus. 
<laughs> so, uh, so you can fly. You have a Pegasus. I can. She can just jump on your back. She yeah. could. So, uh, why don't we just go over them? Okay. Yeah. You guys fly into the air. I like that. So you guys fly into the air and you continue on towards the um, until you get to the point where the trees are thick enough you can't quite see what's underneath. You would need to make landfall in order to kind of get down into this. So how high up are we? Because Edwin's on the ground. Because he, he's not affected, so he's just running with us. I can see through oh. Edwin. Okay, yeah. You guys are totally killing me with this. Um, okay. Uh, you guys, let's see, see um, a ton of rubble all around you. As you guys continue through the wreckage, you can hear demonic calls echoing about the stones uh, throughout this wreckage. You can hear disturbing noises uh, around you. You hear the clatter of stones. Every once in a while, you'll see something out of the corner of your eye. You're not quite sure about it. And after about an hour, you hear kind of a melodious noise. Can I determine what exactly the sound is coming from? It sounds like it is coming from a massive pile of rubble, one of the larger pieces of the shattered Netherese city that uh, was pulled to the ground. And the pulled threads here, uh, you can see they are in an extremely large number. Should we touch down there, then? We could. We'd have to deal with the inherent energy of the threads, but... I'll go ahead and read this. I'm going to have to paraphrase it just a little bit because you guys are in the air. As you guys are flying above the rubble, the stones, the knockdown trees, you continue to follow this melodious sound. And soon after, just as the sun dips below the horizon, you find the source, a chunk of the dead Netherese city. This city was pulled from the sky and dropped atop Mithdranar, and though this should have killed everyone living in both spaces, clearly something still lives, or functions at the very least. Several pulled threads can be seen around one portion of the rubble, and they have become much more densely packed than they were along the outskirts. So this rubble mound raises up about a quarter mile into the sky, and it stretches, stretches nearly as wide along the ground, with the remains of buildings both of Elven and Netherese kind of all mixed together. Um, it's a huge chunk of rock and masonry. At this point, you guys would need to try and uncover some sort of pathway to get within. Floating around the top, you aren't able to see any kind of visible entrance. I do believe this qualifies as our last stop. I want to kind of skirt around the outskirts looking for a entrance and start there. Okay, uh, while still in the air? Yeah. Okay. You guys skirt around and look and look, and you see there are several cracks and fissures within uh, the rock and whatnot, and there are several buildings that still look like they are partially intact that could lead deeper within, but nothing really pops out at you. Um, it would require getting in there and moving stone and, and rocks and wreckage around trying to see what is within all of these. Can Edwin crawl into any of them? Uh, yeah, Edwin's able to root around and dig, but there's enough large chunks of rubble that he needs. He's not strong enough to push some of these out of the way, but he does get to a large grouping of buildings um, that appear to still be in fairly decent shape. Uh, he's able to kind of get into the main foyer of one of these, uh, but the doors are still locked shut. 
um, and would probably need to be actually broken down as the they're kind of askew from the landing. That sounds like our best bet, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. All right. I agree. This area that you are going to be landing, um, I'm going to go ahead and say there are five pulled threads, all within about a... Um, all within about... I'm going to call it a 50-foot area. So about every 10-foot, there is a uh, pulled thread kind of surrounding this building. I'm going to say, because I've got a handy-dandy spell college list here, I'm going to number them real quick and roll to see which type they are. I believe the... um, I believe, Sorcerer, you have availability of almost every type of magic. Yeah. Okay. I'll roll just to see... So I don't remember what I can figure out what all the, my spells colleges are. I just have to no, that's go fine. Through them just, real quick. No, I'm just going to pick which ones they are. You guys can choose which ones you want to land near. So there is a conjuration, an illusion, another illusion, a transmutation, and a divination. I don't think I have any divination, but most of the others. I don't think I have divination either. If you want to call what I can do spells. Yes, I. I don't think I have any divination. That'd be probably the best one to go towards. I have no idea what my spells are. Because I can tell which one's which. Yes. Anybody that's proficient in arcana can tell which is which. What were you saying, Braden? I have a conjuration, but that's just me spending ten minutes to make another Pegasus. I have a fair amount of conjuration. I have a ton of enchantments, enchantments and uh, necromancy. Well, do we have a good enough idea? Like, do we have an idea of exactly where we want to go? You want to get within this. Like, these around this rubble is super dense sections of this pulled thread. Uh, these threads. So, obviously, where the, the dense, where the where it's the densest, it's kind of where you need to go to investigate. So, I also have Dimension Door, but that's only me and one other person. I'd say let's land. And someone of your size as well. So small size creature. I don't think any of us are small. Yeah. Yeah. I would say let's land in the divination one, or near the divination, the divination, and go from there. Sounds good to me. All right. Yep. That being said, I get a plus nine to all of my wisdom saves. So. Awesome. So you guys land within the divination. Um, anybody that has access to those divination spells, roll me. A PC-10 wisdom save. If you guys need to look them up real quick, go ahead. I think I might actually be okay. I don't have any of those. I might take a quick second to give a shout-out to MPMB's character sheet. Amen to that! Yes. It is the best thing. It is. Yeah, it is. I use them constantly. They are absolutely amazing. Okay, so we will go ahead and uh, go under the assumption that none of you have divination. All right, uh, you guys would also know, um, Virgil, you would know uh, that a pulled thread can actually be repaired and removed when a spell of the associated school is successfully cast on the thread itself with no other targets or when a permanent magic item has been plunged into it. Any permanent magic item? Any permanent magic item. Okay. Can you craft a or No, but I have a plus one hand axe that I probably won't be using much anymore. Also, do silver and arrows count as magic weapons? Only technically. They're not actually magic, but so they... Okay. No, it okay. wouldn't count for this purpose. 
Now, like I said, with the divination, we probably don't really need to worry about it. But going forward, if we run into something yeah. that is really going to wreck us, yeah, if we run into like enchantment or I evocation, I yeah, will, we... I will willingly sacrifice my hand axe. Okay, okay. I got a lantern if all comes if push comes to shove. Like I said, I've got the hand axe, and I actually still have the goggles if those are my only magic items. And I got the lantern of revealing. So what would you guys like to do? I say we ignore the divination and keep going forward. Yeah. Okay. You enter into one of the very large buildings, and uh, you see that there it is obviously blocked off. There is rubble and whatnot all over the place. Uh, it appears to be very tightly packed. What would you guys like to do? Well, pull out the lantern of revealing. Do we, does it reveal anything invisible or... Not that you see, no. Okay. Can Edwin climb over it? He's able to climb kind of around, but all the weird little holes and cracks that he travels into stop. Do we need to ask Stone Shape if we need to? Is it all just stone? Yeah, a lot of it is stone. Are there any Are there any doors that we see? Yes, but most of them appear to be jammed or um, blocked by rubble. So I'm going to try to like bust open one of the jammed doors. Yeah, go ahead. Give me a strength check, and I'll let you do it with advantage, because I'm sure somebody will help you. Um, how's a 22 sound? 22 sounds amazing. You sl- Yeah, just yep. to see if you get a crit. Okay. Yep. You slam into one of the doors, and the force is enough that everything shifts slightly, and you see large pieces of rubble from up above begin to shift and move as you break through one of these doors. You see within it, there's yet even more rubble. Uh, around there as all of this rock and stone slowly shifts. Does it look like there's kind of a pathway through the rubble? Possibly. If it's really dark and it's kind of cramped and weird little yeah, weird little niches and hallways, it would take a large amount of exploration. I don't know if we have time for this. Give me... Oh, wait, no. Your passive perception is enough. You think you see something moving further on within there. Some sort of creature or something. Guys, I think there's something down here with us. Lantern of Revealing? All right. With your light shining, uh, three Ultraloths appear in front of you. However, you have a surprise on them. So go ahead and everybody roll me initiative. You will get a surprise round. Oh! All right. Anybody higher than 20? 20 to 15. 19. 14 to 10. 11. 13. 9 to 5. 4 to 0. Cool. Alright, let me roll to see what they got. They got a 3. <laughs> Alright. So, uh, oh wait, nope, they have a plus 3, so they actually go before you, Moonbone. Alright. Audak, well everybody gets a surprise round. So there are three Ultralofts in front of you. They are standing about, uh, I'm gonna say in this kind of weird room, hallway kind of a thing, uh, there is a small doorway you're just going through, and this room is 40 by 40, and they're in the back of the room. Um. Did you say we have a surprise round on them? Yes, you do. I'll just take this chance to do Death Lord on Moonbones. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. I think I am... These guys are... Are these guys armed? Uh, yes, the Ultraloths are armed with long swords. I am going to 
cast stone scan on myself. Okay. So basically, like, I have to I have, I have to describe this because more reasons. Any of you that can actually see any of the exposed skin on my body just kind of starts to uh, take on almost like a metallic shimmer that spreads out, and my skin actually turns to metal. More Easter eggs from the book. I like it. As I pull out my great sword and get ready f- for a fight. Okay. Anybody else want to do something? I'm going to twin spell Crown of Madness. Alright. They have advantage against magical effects. Uh, let's see, that is wisdom, you said? Correct. Okay, that's a 14 for one. Fail. And a 22 for the other. Well, I guess that one A 20 for the other. Okay, that one passed. My spell's DC is an 18. Alright, so I'm going to go ahead and say the middle one has been affected. Okay. Alright, and Moonbones, what would you like to do? Uh, I will immediately cast... Hmm. Actually, I won't preemptively cast uh, Aura of Vitality. I will just ready myself for an attack against one of them, or two attacks against one of them when they come within range. Alright, sounds good. We then go ahead and start with normal initiative. Audax! Um, so they're about 40 feet away from me then? Uh, yes. Uh, they would be in the back of the room. It's 40 by 40, so they would be about 40 feet away from you, yes. Do we still have the rubble as, like, a protection wall type thing? Uh, or are we... You guys are through the room. Uh, he so, just... Oh, that's right. We did. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah, he just burst through a door from kind of outside. Um, I'll kind of move up to about the middle of the room and take up a position there. Okay. All right, you move 20 feet into the center of the room. Nala, it is your turn. Okay. I will just... I'll just do a Word of Radiance. Or is that... Sorry, no, the Sacred Flame. My bad. I'm sorry. No no problem. So I need a death save. All right, that is a 14. All right. That fails. 17 points of... Right. On the one affected yeah. by Crown of Madness, or one of the other ones? Uh, one of the other ones. Alright. That's radiant damage. 17, you said? Yes. Okay. We then move on to, um, excuse me, uh, Matthias. I'm gonna take cover, and just concentrate on the crown. It is then going to be their turn. So, the one Ultra Loth to the other cast a spell magic. What level is Crown of Madness second? Uh, yes, but okay, it's just gonna do it. It's gonna one of the others is gonna do it before it does. Correct. Yes. Uh, Crab casts um, dispel magic, so ending that effect. The other two are going to cast firestorm, centered okay. on you guys. Yes. Uh, counter spell. All right, that one is going to require a roll, as it is a seventh-level spell. Yeah, I know. Aha! Take that. That's a twenty-three. All right, one of them has been countered. However, the other one, I need a dexterity saving throw. I'm going to use karmic relay to make the one casting the thing have to do the saving throw. All right. So we all have to take dex saves. Yes, everybody still does, except for Hope. Um, so that is a 15 on theirs, and so they, that one failed its own saving throw. So, so he takes the Firestorm expended on these two. All right. Um, 
Okay, so it failed. Uh, 70 10 is the damage. Let me. I failed as well. Alright. 38 on a fail. Uh, 19, on... 19 on a pass. Correct. I passed! Alright. I'm guessing I'm guessing a 20 will pass. Yes, a 20 will definitely pass. And then this one creature uh, took part of that damage. Oh, actually, no, it doesn't. It is immune to fire. Great. <laughs> All right. That, that's okay. Still, you mitigated damage from yourself. Um, yeah. uh, that is it for their turns. We then move on to Moonbones. Uh, who is the closest enemy to me? They are all three in a line still. Uh, 20, uh, 40 feet back from the entrance door, 20 feet in front of Onyx. Perfect. I have a 40 feet movement speed. All right. I will rush the middle one, and I will attempt an attack against him. All right, go ahead. That is a 20 to hit. Yes, that will hit. All right, I'll have him make a strength saving throw as well, as I use charging bulwark. 19. Ah, he succeeds. Uh, He takes 10 points of radiant damage. All right. And I will make another attack against him. That is going to be a 26 to hit. Yes. Oh, and he takes 13 more points of radiant damage, and I will attempt to shove him as a bonus action. All right. Oh, you got that one. That was an 8. I got a 14. All right. You shoved him. He is now prone. Yes. Okay. We then move on to Audax. There is a prone one 20 feet in front of you next to your friend Moonbones. I'll just stock up to the prone one. And, uh... Since he's probably going to advantage, right? Yes. All right, we are going to uh, get to swinging. We are going to utilize our minus five plus ten from Great Weapon Master. Awesome. First attack. Uh, does a twenty-one? Sixteen. Sixteen does not. No. Oh. Uh, your buddy being in the way is just not quite convenient enough to bring your sword down accurately. Alright, second attack. Um, this guy's gonna be hardened. That's a crit. That's a crit, so we're going to expend a fourth level Fury Enhanced Strike on him. So that's going to be 29 slashing damage. Good lord. Jeez. And 40 thunder damage. That is obviously enough to bring it down to below bloodied. <laughs> All right. That was absolutely amazing. And because that was a crit, you get to do it again. I get another attack on him. Will not hit. Okay. <laughs> All right. We then move on to Nala. I want to cast blindness on... Not the one that he has controlled, and not the one that's blood. I don't have any of them. Oh, you don't anymore? Okay, never mind, sorry. Then, on not the bloodied one. Okay. It's blinded, so I need a con save. That's a 19. Ah, it just passes. Okay. Matthias. Are these things humanoid? Uh, medium fiend, Juggaloth. No. So they're not humanoids? No. Oh, that means I can't... Okay, I didn't know that. Okay, so technically Crown of Madness doesn't work on them. Yes, no, they would not. They are a fiend. Okay, never mind then. Oh, well, we're just not going to ignore that entire thing for all of them, because all of these are Yuggaloth, not 
Whatever. I'm going to uh, I'm going to twin spell witch bolt. Okay. Yes, I should have looked that up. My bad. All right. Uh, so I need two attacks. That is a nineteen. Yes. And at twenty-one. Both hit. Okay. Uh, I cast it at the second level. Okay. I'm assuming one of them is the more than bloody. Or are you doing it to the two guys that have barely been touched? I'm honestly going to do it to the two that have barely been touched. I think I'll get more out of the spell okay. that way. 18 points of lightning damage to one. Okay. And 14 points to the other. All right. And you were attacking both outside guys, not the bloodied one? Yeah. Okay. And what was the second one? 14 points of damage. Okay. We then move on to the enemies. So the three of them are going to go ahead and all attack. I'm going to say two are going to attack Moonbones, and one is going to attack Audax. So first I need from um, both of you guys, I need DC 17 wisdom saves. Uh, it is a charm effect if you have advantage on those. Does this affect only humanoids? Uh, one creature. Okay. 24. Ooh, 7. Uh, 18. 18, okay. And I'm going to roll to see who gets the third one. Moonbones, you get the third one. Roll me again. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. You are now charmed for the Yugloth uh, until its next turn. But still, uh, they are going to then make three sloshing attacks each on you guys. So, Audax. Let's see, none of those... Oh, actually, yes. Uh, one of those will hit with a 20, and then uh, that is going to be... Let's see, seven points of damage from that. What type? Uh, slashing. Okay. And then Moonbones, so you I get... Take, huh? I will take four from it. Okay, and Moonbones, you get six of them. <laughs> um, none of those will hit. They don't have a great bonus to hit. Uh, two of those will, though, actually. So you are going to take eight points for the first one and four points for the second one. Oh, magical, I assume? Yes, magical, correct. All right, we then move on to Moonbones. It's your turn. You are charmed by them. All right, am I? So it's a charm effect, not like a dominated thing? No, uh, a creature can't, uh, a charmed creature can't attack the charmer or the target the charmer with harmful effects. Or, char- or target, excuse me, the Charmer with harmful effects or magical abilities, and the Charmer has advantage on any ability check to interact socially with the creature. Okay. Well, I will just cast Aura Vitality and heal myself as a bonus action. Alright. Wait, didn't you cast Aura Vitality earlier? No, I, uh, I didn't, did I? Instead, I just rushed forward towards Oh, that's yes. right. Alright. Audax, we're uh, back. Oh, go ahead, sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's how uh, low you and me bit. Oh, I'm Are you down any. I'm down a little bit, but I'm not below 100. Okay. I should preface as well. I have moved, so I'm in the other room already. Okay. All right. Uh, on action, it's your turn. Um. So, dude stood up, right? He stood up and charmed uh, uh, Moonbones. Mm. You know what? Let's just keep doing what we're doing. We're going to take that minus five. Um, 23 to hit? Very much so, yes. The same blade, one in the middle? Yep. Okay. 
Okay, so that's going to be 16 points of slashing damage. Alright. And second attack. 22 to hit. Yes. And we'll go ahead and just use a first level. Uh, 6, 11 points of slashing and 14 points of thunder. Alright. It is really not, the middle one is really not looking good at this point. It is pretty much mush. Nala, it is your turn. And how are we all looking? I'm fine. I'm fine. Moonbones, how are you? I am perfectly fine, thank you. Alright, well, then I will just use Sacred Flame again. Okay. So I need a deck save. That is a 16. That fails. That's 20 points of radiant damage. Uh, middle one or one of the ones on the side? I'll do the middle one. Okay. He is down to single digits. We move on to Matthias. I'm going to use my action to continue the Witch Bolt on both of those people. That is 10 to one and 11 to the other. And that is my turn. Okay, we then move on to the enemies. The one in the middle that is extremely damaged uh, does not enjoy that at all, so he is going to cast Mass Suggestion. So I need wisdom saves from everybody that is... Counter uh, spell. Oh, nice. Uh, that is... Also, I'm going to need a roll for that because Mass Suggestion is 6th level. That's a 20-something. Nope. <laughs> yeah. What? All right. Yeah, you totally canceled out that effect. The other two on the side are going to go ahead and just take the opportunity attacks and uh, charge the spellcaster. So, uh, Moonbones and um, Audax both get opportunity attacks against them. 20 to hit? 16 to hit. Yep, 16 will not quite hit. Go ahead and roll your damage. Uh, 14 points of slashing. Alright, and I'm going to go ahead and say that that was the less damaged one there. Alright, and they charge up to the spellcaster. Spellcaster, I need two DC 17 wisdom saves from you. Oh, I'll need one from you as well, Micah. So, what kind? Uh, wisdom save, DC 17. And there I failed. Okay, you both failed? Yep. Alright. Uh, oh, wait, no, you passed your first one, didn't you, Micah? The yeah. one last time? Okay, you are immune to the effects. Moonbones, I need it from you, excuse me. <laughs> 11. Okay, you are charmed yet again. Virgil, you are charmed as well. Uh, and you are going to take six sword slashes at your person. Yeah. Uh, all of those hit. One was a crit. And all of those hit yet again. So that is 35 for the normal, 13 points for the critical. So I need constitution saves, six of them. What for? For the witch bolt. Oh, okay. And as a war caster, I have advantage on all of them. Awesome. So they were each seven points, um, except for the one. Okay. Uh, so I just have to roll higher than a ten? Yeah, higher than a ten on all but the last one. The last one was 13 points. So I just can't roll a nat one. Basically. Yeah. I was all right. higher, all right. way higher than all of them. Okay. Uh, on to Moonbones. Um, all right. As a quick, I'm going to let him know that they're penetrating my defenses, so go ahead and take care of the one in the middle. And I'll deal with the other two. He's charmed by the one in the middle. Okay. So I can't attack him or any of his allies? You just cannot attack him. Okay, I'll attack one of the ones in the outside. Alright, you break away and he is going to opportunity attack you. And that does not get through. 
Alright. I'm gonna rush at him and hit him with an attack and extend a charging ball up, hopefully, if I hit. Alright. That is oh, excellent. That's a 25 to hit. Yes, that will definitely do it. He needs a strength saving throw. That was a three. Alright, so he's knocked prone and he takes 12 points of, oh sorry, 11 points of radiant damage. Alright. Uh, is the other one within, how, how far have I moved so far? Uh, you would have moved uh, probably 20 feet or so. Is the other one 20 feet away from me? He would be 5 feet. You, they were both attacking the uh, Matthias. Okay, I'll make a shove attack against this other fellow. And that was a 3 again. Oh my goodness. Excellent, I got a 28, so he is not prone. Yes. And then as my bonus action with my Charging Bulwark uh, ability, I can do my Crushing Bulwark and attack the one on the ground. Oh, goodness. As a bonus action, so I'll roll with advantage, I assume? Yes. Oh, natural 20. Woo! Excellent. Get it. That's 14 points of radiant damage to the one on the ground. All right. That was devastating. Uh, that is almost enough to bring him down to bloody, but not quite. Audax, it is your turn. I am going to drop by stone skin. Okay. And look at the enemy that is not knocked prone on the ground. Point my greatsword at him. You're mine. Now bring it. And infuse my voice with fury-enhanced energies that essentially mimic compelled duel. Okay. That well, oh, rolls with advantage against it. Um, is it a charm effect? It is. Uh, you attempt to compel a creature into a duel. Uh, one creature that I can see within range must, save, must make a wisdom saving throw on a failed save. They are drawn to you, compelled by your divine demand for the duration. Would that be considered a charm effect? He has advantage against it, uh, but he rolled on both of them. His lowest was a 15. 15 would not save. Okay, uh, so what is your effect? Because uh, the other one was a 17, if I have advantage. Okay. But were you going to give him disadvantage? Well, what I can do is, as a reaction, uh, my memor- mesmerizing presence, whenever I, a creature I can see makes a saving throw against an illusion or charm effect... Uh, I can add the DC to that saving throw and increase the DC on that by okay. whatever. Would a seventeen have passed? It would have just barely passed. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and call it. I don't know if it is or not, um, but I'm gonna go ahead and call it. That's fine. So is you would have just had to roll a one to make it. So yep. okay. he is compelled to duel you. All right. So what that means, each time it attempts to move to a space that is more than thirty feet away from me, it has to make another Wisdom save. Um, it ends if I attack any other creature. He has disadvantage on all attack rolls against creatures other than me. Okay. We then uh, move on to... Oh, and if if anyone damages him, the spell will also end. Anyone who isn't me damages him, it ends the effect as well. All right. Uh, Anything as a bonus action? Um... (laughs) Actually, that is a bonus action. Okay, take so, your action. So uh, I'm going to move up to him and uh, just start wailing on him. All right. That's only a 15 to hit for my first attack. No, not quite. 17. Not quite again. What do you need? 19. Okay, so I was going to see if my plus one thing would work. But... Nope. All right. We then move on to... Shoobity-dooby-doo. Nala. Is everyone still looking okay health-wise? Yep. 
Uh, I'm, I'll be okay. Okay, so we pretty much just have you're with one of the side guys, and then it's just the middle guy that's really in the middle guy is currently is. with him, and the two side guys moved up and attacked. Well, um, I, I, I moved up to one of the side guys with my compelled duels, so oh. that they wouldn't be okay. A, then you would have gotten an attack of opportunity against you. Um, that would have missed, so it wouldn't have mattered. Right. Um, okay, let me move that compelled duel effect over to one of the side guys uh, who is currently prone. Yep. So the one in the middle that is really, really bad. Go ahead, go ahead and finish him off okay. if you can. Yeah, I'll do Sacred Flame again, so a deck save. 18. Oh, darn. That just does it. Alright. Okay, uh, anything as a bonus action? Um. Yeah, I'll do Mass Healing Ward. Okay. Okay. Then. That's 10 points for okay. S3. Awesome. Matthias, it is your turn. Alrighty, which one am I charmed by? Uh, you have Compel Duel on the one to your right. No, which one am I charmed by? Oh, you excuse me, yes, you were charmed by the one on the left that uh, Moonbones is currently engaged with. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give up concentration on Witch Bolt. Okay. And I'm going to attack the one that I'm not charmed by with Invenoration. It is a fifth level spell. I believe it is a. I believe it is a. Oh, wrong book. Wait, the one that's close to you that you're not charmed by? The one that would be compelled duel. Don't hurt him. Because as long as he's compelled by me, if he tries to attack you, he's got disadvantage on his attacks. And there's still the almost dead one in the back. Okay, then I'll attack that dude. I'll do. Uh... He looks really bad, or is he like, really, really, bad? really bad? Then I'll just chaos bolt him. Okay. All right. Uh, so I need to make an attack roll. That's a twenty-five to hit. Yep. Two. That is not at the best. One and a five. We'll go with lightning damage. So that's eh. Eight points of lightning damage. All right. As it electrocutes him, you notice that much of that energy he redirects straight into the floor. All right. We move then on to the enemies. The one compelled duel is going to... uh, You already saved against it, so he does not get to hypnotic gaze you, but he slashes... Actually, no, he just has to attack you, right? It doesn't matter if it's a spell or... Uh, I, I don't remember. It just says it has disadvantage on attack rolls against other against creatures other than you, and must make a wisdom save throw each time it attempts to move to a space more than thirty feet away. Robert, what's oh. my charm save? Oh, uh, save seventeen. Okay. Uh, and actually, you don't save for it. You have it until the end of your next turn. Um, okay, uh, it is going to go ahead and cast mass suggestion. Because it has not done that yet. Counter spell. Okay, go ahead and roll. Six level. That's a... That's a 15. Okay. Uh, it tells everybody to lay down prone. Is there a save against that? Uh, yes, DC 17. <laughs> I actually failed it. Hey, I passed. What, do we add any modifiers? Wisdom. Wisdom save. That was a 12. 21. 21, all right. Uh, Braden, did you save against that effect? 
Oh, sorry, I was muted. Uh, four. Yes, <laughs> Okay, then you two lay down prone. Alright, the one uh, that is in the very back is going to... Ooh, I like this one. Um, he is going to wall of fire and slash it through your party as best he is able to. So I need everybody to give me a dexterity saving throw of 17 or higher. Uh, on a failed save, you take 5d8, uh, half as much on a successful. I rolled a 1, but I'm going to use feline luck to re-roll that. That is 17. Okay. Yep. All right. I would have just made it as well. Okay, so uh, let's see. That is 29 points on a success, um, 14 points on a fail. Fire damage. And it is a concentration spell. So each creature that ends its turn within 10 feet of that side or inside the wall um, ends up taking that damage again. And then the other one that Virgil you are charmed by is going to go ahead and wallop on your posterior three times again and hypnotic gaze you. So give me another charm. Okay, you are charmed again by him. All three attacks will hit and you will take uh, 21 points of slashing damage. Alright, we then move on to Moonbones. Okay, um, so the wall is splitting us apart from... um, Who exactly is near me? The wall enclosed kind of all of you. It snaked around and enclosed you guys within it. Okay, I will stand up and run through the wall. Alright, you run through the wall. Uh, Let me see if there's anything for doing that. Nope, it doesn't say there's anything for running through the wall. So yes, you run through the flames and you are able to escape. Um, the uh, Yuggaloths are right on, or the Ultraloth, excuse me, is um, right there next to you within five feet. So it does get one opportunity attack. And that will not hit. Okay. Uh, is there anywhere, anyone 20 feet? Oh, I've moved out the wall now, so I can't. Um, I will attack anyone nearby to me. Yep, you can attack. Uh, that's one that has Virgil charmed. He would have been the one that made the opportunity attack against you, so you can just kind of run behind him, turn around, and smack him. Yeah, that sounds good. All right. Uh, the first attack is a 19 to hit. Exactly what you need. He takes 11 points of radiant damage. All right. The second attack is a 17 to hit. Uh, not quite enough, no. All right. And uh, any of you guys fairly low on health? I am. Okay. I don't need to see the person, thankfully, who yeah will be healed. They just need to be within 30 feet of me, so I'll heal you for only six points of healing. Thank you. When do we have to make the... If you end it? your turn within 10 feet of the wall. Okay. And they're immune to fire, so they're just kind of circling it. They don't care. They'll take the well. They don't take damage from it. But um, okay, Audax, it is your turn. Mm. You're within the ring of fire. How far away is the one that, that cast the ring of fire? Uh, he would have been about 20, 30 feet away, something like that. Because mm. he was the super injured one that is mm-hmm. literal four points away from death. I am going to. As a bonus action, uh, 
giving up concentration on compelled duel to cast Expeditious Retreat. Okay. So then I can on this turn and uh, use the dash action for free. So using half my movement to stand up and then finishing up going and laying a laying sword to flesh on the one responsible for this inhuman fire. Alright. That is a 23 to hit. Yes, very much so. I can guarantee you slice him. 14 points of slashing damage. He dies and the wall of fire dies with him. Um, we then move on to Nala. Alright, give him out, lads. Carry and and cats. cats. <laughs> That's seven points of healing for you. Okay. Seven? Yes. And that's everything. All right. Um, Matthias, it is your turn. Would I still be charmed by him because he charmed me and then attacked me? Yep. It does. There's nothing against that there. You are charmed until the creature's next turn. Here, let me let me read the text for sure. But okay, because um, if it was the spell hypnotic pattern, it isn't. Okay, hypnotic gaze. The ultra lost eyes sparkle with an opalescent light, and as its target as it targets one creature, it can see within thirty feet. If the target can see the ultra the target must succeed in a DC okay. seventeen wisdom saving throw against its magic, or be charmed until the end of the ultra loss next turn. The stun the target. Oh crap! The charm target is stunned. If the target saving throw is successful, the target is immune to the gaze for the next 24 hours. I'm sorry, so you would have been stunned during the process, but okay. I'm going to go ahead and just go from there because I didn't write that down. So, okay. Uh, we then... Uh, it's it's still your turn, Matthias. Okay, so I'm um, not stunned then? You are stunned until the end of its turn, and... So uh, I'm... Yep, so you are still stunned. Excuse me. Yes, that is it for you. Um, it is then on to the Ultraloth's turn. They are the one with Compel Duel once again. Actually, I had to drop Compel Duel for okay. Expedition so. Let me scribble that off then. Uh, it stands up and it is going to. Oh, they had already used Mass Suggestion, so that's it for the day. However, it did not use Firestorm, so it is going to go ahead and cast Firestorm, and then that is it for that ability. I need um, Dexterity saving throws from everybody. Don't I'm stunned. Am I stunned until the you, end of my turn or end of their turn? End of its turn. Um, and so you automatically fail strength and dexterity saving throws. 20 points of fire damage. So I didn't roll great on that one. Um, the other one is going to go ahead and attack uh, who... I'm going to go ahead and attack Hope uh, with him. I was failing. Uh, was I failing close to the one who cast Firestorm? See, no, it would have been the other one. The one that was going to turn and attack Hope. So he's going to take an opportunity attack against, or you take an opportunity attack against him. So go ahead and make it as he charges um, Hope. Oh, natural 20. Natural 20. All right, roll that damage. And then Hope, I will need a DC 17 wisdom save from you. Or wait, no, you already passed one, didn't you? For what? Uh, the hypnotic gaze. Yeah, I already passed one. Okay, then you're fine. What's the damage, Brady? Only 10 points of radiant damage. All right. And that is enough to bring him down to bloody. Hope. Uh, let's see. That is one, two hits out of the three. Oh, God. That rolled a one and a two. Um, so that is four and five points of slashing damage to you. All right. After that confusing muddle, Moonbones, it is your turn. I am going to run after the one that chased Nala down. Okay. 
How far away is he from me? Uh, he would just be, I don't know, maybe 5, 10 feet. You guys were all kind of in the same area in the back there, except for Audax, who went and finished off the one at the far end. All right, I'm going to run around and make a big circle so I get my 20 feet away and then rush into him and hit him with my last charging bulwark. All right. Oh, the first one doesn't hit. Okay. And the second one is a 24 to hit. That definitely hits. His strength save, though, was a 21. Okay. He takes nine points of radiant damage and... For my bonus action, I will heal Matthias. Okay. For nine points of healing. Thank you. All right. I've been, ro- I've been rolling my saving throws every time I've taken damage, and the plus ten to concentration checks is definitely helping out. Yes, it would. You pretty much all could only roll a nat one on most of those. All right. Uh, let's see. It is then Audac. All right. Um... Well, we're not having any more of this nonsense, so I'll use my free dash to move up to the one who has him, uh, who has Matthias charmed, and start to hacking at him. All right, go ahead. Twenty-three to hit. Very much so. And we're going to we're going to add a D eight to that, so. Um, that's going to be 15 points of slashing damage. Okay. Plus 9, 13 points of force damage. All right, not too shabby. He is almost bloody, but not quite. And second attack against him. All right. Is a 22 hit. Yes. And let's just... For 15 points of slashing and 10 points of force. Alright, he's well below bloodied at this point. Okay, Nala. So, like, let me know when you guys are need, like, a super big heal, because I have a plan for that later, so. I can hold out a while. Yeah. Alright, so let me know when you need a super big heal. Otherwise, for the time being, I'm gonna. Use inflict wounds on the guy that's right on me. Alright. Okay, um. Shoot, side question. Is it. What do you use for the melee spell attack? What's your modifier? Is it just your spell? Wisdom What's plus. You, for a cleric, it'd be wisdom plus your proficiency. You would get plus your proficiency? Yes. yes. Okay, then that's a 26. Yes, that hits. Alright, then he takes 3d10 necrotic. Okay. Casting at the first level? Uh, yes. Okay. Okay, not as much as I would have liked. That's only 12 points of necrotic damage. Still, that is a significant amount. Okay, getting ever closer to that dark, dark good night. Matthias. How are they looking? Uh, they're both very, very big, battered and beaten. They're actually within about five points of each other health-wise. But they're looking really bad? Yeah, they're looking pretty bad. They're below um, a third health. Okay, I need I need health, so I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm going to cast. I need deck saves. I'm gonna cast Inveneration on both of them because I'm gonna cast. I'm gonna use a twin spell. Okay, and you aren't still stunned. It would be the end of their turn. Yeah, that is true. Okay. 
I thought so, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's the end of their turn. Yeah. So, and they didn't get you next round, so. Yep. Or last so, round. I need deck saves from both of them. <laughs> right. Uh, that one is a 21, and that one is a 19. Okay, they both pass, but I can still do damage to both of them. Then. Alright, they both take 10 points of necrotic damage. Okay. Okay. We then move on to the enemies. Um, the only people that have not saved against one of these effects are you, Matthias, and you, Moonbones, correct? Yeah. Okay, they gaze both at you. I need DC 17 wisdom saves. No. Okay, Virgil, you are stunned. What was that, Braden? Only 12. Okay, both of you are currently stunned then. And they've used up their spells that they are able to do that do a ton of damage. Um, so uh, I guess they're just going to attack. So they um, one converges on Nala, and the other one is going to go ahead and uh, pummel Matthias. All right, then all of those would hit you, Nala, a 14. Oh, so one will miss. You take... So that is 4 and 12 points of damage against you. Virgil, they attack you. They have advantage. One hit, two hit. Oh my god, I actually rolled two nat ones. So you only take two hits on that. So that is 4 and a uh, 12. Or 4 and 11, excuse me. Okay, uh, Moonbones, it is your turn. I am stuck. Oh, that is correct. Okay, uh, Audax, it is your turn. Alright, we're gonna take that We're gonna do the safe play and we're just gonna we're just gonna hit him. So let's start with the one who has Matthias stun that I've been wailing on. Okay. Oh, there's a 27 to hit? Yes. I'll take that one because I can re-roll that. Alright, up to max. 12, 17 points of slashing. Okay. Plus 11, 15 points of force damage. One of them goes down. So we will. Then, your stun effect is negated. Okay. Um, then we will use our bonus attack from knocking one down to attack the one who has moon bones. Alright. Oh, hey. that's a crit. And we're just going to go ahead and do a this. Um, we're just going to keep all that. That's going to be 18... 23 points of slashing and 21 points of force damage. And yet and the last one falls to death. All has gone silent. <sighs> Well, that was fun. <laughs> All right. What would you guys like to do from here? You see that they were investigating something at the end of the room. There appears to be a cracked door, and within the middle of this next room, doors on the other side, um, jammed, possibly, you're not sure, is a pulled thread of... 
Conjuration magic. Anybody that has a conjuration spell that enters this next room must make a DC 12 check or cast it. Before we wait, do wait, wait. that... Oh, do yep. I actually have to physically hold the axe into the thread? You would have to chuck it. It just has to enter into that thread sphere. Okay, you chuck it into the sphere and whoop, it closes as the magic from that hand axe is sucked into this pulled thread. I'm going to go pick up my hand axe at least. As that happens, there is a great shuddering of the mountain around you and all of you. It's not enough to lose your footing, but it is enough to take note. And the doors that were in this frame and that were jammed fall in and the next room is made clear. Alright, before we do any more exploring, who needs health? I think most people could probably use some health. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I had another five rounds left of my um, aura of vitality. Would I be able to heal yeah. myself for 5d6? Yep, just dump those into healing. Cool. So I'm still waiting to... If I can get someone down to where they need 70 health points, I can do that and heal it and then use my counterbalance. Oh. Okay, not like necessarily 70, but like half of that's like 45 or I, whatever, half 70 is. That way I can do half of it damage, half of it healing. You would probably be best saving that for actual combat. Yeah, so that's I'm what I'm down saying. 89 health points. Holy crap. I'm down 82. You guys have a crap ton of health potions, though, if anybody wants to check. You can also take a rest here if you guys would like. Let's go ahead and take a short rest. Okay. You guys take a short rest. Expend whatever health die you want to. So, everybody good to go at this point? I think I am. I'm going to cast a third level aid on my three friends. So, that means that you all gain an extra ten hit points. Awesome. Alright, you guys are able to, through trial and error, um, you take care of two more of those pulled threads, and eventually the shuttering of the mountain that you are under, or the, the large chunk of rock, um, a pathway opens up into this lair. So, you gained access to this lich's lair. However, this isn't a typical lich. Um, real quick, despite the destruction outside, the lair is in very good repair and little debris or clutter uh, around. And each room is lighted to various degrees depending on the room. And several of the rooms within this lair kind of have a musty or stale smell, but a few um, don't. They have very different effects. Each room is very, very different and specific. So um, Quarrel is a lich, but of a very specific type. Uh, he is one of the lore norms that um, you guys learned about earlier. So um, you would have met him immediately upon entering um, his lair, and he greets you guys um, without anything, any kind of malevolence that you can detect. But he's a lich. Yes, he is a lich. There is that. I will use my, I will uh, target him with my artist's eye so I get advantage on any inside checks against him or adventure, uh, investigation checks. Okay, yeah. Um, he just kind of greets you guys, um, doesn't do anything all that crazy. Uh, if you guys want, make a history or intelligence check. 
Let's do historicals. Uh, excuse me, history or arcana? Arcana, whichever. 18 arcana. Okay, yep. Um, you know that while most liches are truly evil, not all of them are. Some of them are just didn't want to give up their research, and so they just became a lich to continue it basically for eternity. Uh, you would also know that Lornorns are um, a group of Baelnorns where that are most commonly found to be like tutors and instructors of the art, uh, of magical art, for future generation of mostly elves. Uh, these creatures are sought to pass on their understanding of portions of the weave and they typically know quite a bit that are unknown and questionable in nature as far as these spells are concerned. They care more about the knowledge than they do anything else. He looks like a very ancient elf, but most of his skin has become nearly transparent, so you can see, you know, the kind of dark, disgusting veins underneath, but he is in relatively good condition considering he's very, very dead. You enter into the lair. The chambers and passages within the pile of rubble are in excellent repair, as if someone or something has been maintaining them in the years since, since the disaster struck. The stonework and masonry are a seamless blend of elven and netherese styles and bronze placard reads, entering the arcane sanctum of Quarrel Talisirin, Lornorn of Mithdranar. Enter this place and learn, O seekers of truth. May Mistral guide your way. Uh, and you guys would have recognized that Mistril is a god of magic from the time of the Netherese Empire, about 1,500 years ago. Um, she was replaced by Mistra after a horrible calamity took place. So, I will give you guys the choice. There, uh, You come kind of to a tea passage. Um, you can go left or right. Left. Okay, you guys go left. Always go left. Yes, left is always right. <laughs> Okay, let's see which area you hit first. On uh, those days. Yes. Left is always right. I remember several games that took disastrous turns at that point. Okay, you guys enter into this first chamber. Let me see here. All right, scorch marks cover nearly every available surface here. This place is clearly a testing space or a firing range for evocation spells. A single pulled thread keyed to evocation magic is in the center of the room, and a number of books containing knowledge about evocation spells are all over this area. Um, all of these books bear the sigil of Quirrell. Yeah, so everybody give me a DC um, 12, I believe, evocation. Wisdom? <clears throat> Wisdom, correct. Wait, I made it! <laughs> Woo! Okay. I rolled a three and I made it. Impressive. I rolled a five and I failed. <laughs> Alright, so anybody that failed casts a spell of first level or higher into the um, the pulled thread and it immediately closes. Guys want to go left, uh, well I guess there's only one door. Do you continue on or what do you guys want to do? Uh, what do the books read about? The books, when you pull out a book on the front or on the uh, ink inside cover, um, is a simple message written in Elvish. Property of Quirrell Talisarim. If found, return for reward. Okay, that, I was just wondering if there was anything in it. Micah, do you have a question? Your hand is up. Can we just return all of these books? 
Yeah, you're within his lair, so I mean, you're you would be returning them to the guy you just met. I was just reward, please. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of what I was like. My knees. All right. So where would you guys like to go from here? Continue on around. I expect that's probably. All right. Uh, and just for the listeners at home, I know there isn't an actual named order for these rooms, so I like randomness. I'm rolling uh, just to see which room they encounter next, uh, just because I kind of like that randomness as opposed to going in alphabetical orders throughout them. So, you come to this next room. See, oh, the scent of scorched bone permeates this place, and a thick gray fog fills the chamber. Anything more than five feet away is considered to have full cover. Uh, a single pulled thread keyed to necromancy magic is in the center of the room, and a number of books containing detailed accounts of Netherese archmages using necromancy to sap the life force from subjects before turning those people into magical objects has been carefully placed on a shelf. All other books uh, bear Quarrel's sigil, or all the books, uh, the same sigil that you've seen. So, who has necromancy spells? Okay, I believe hope. Yeah, healing spells are technically considered necromancy. Not all of them. Not all of them. A good share. So, Virgil, did you pass? I rolled a 15. Okay, and the DC is 14 on this one. I rolled a 20. Okay, everybody pass this one. All right, would you guys like to close this thread? Can I close it with a cantrip? No, it has to be a first level spell or higher. Well, it has to be of the same school. Um, Let me. Let's see. Uh, repair. Inflict uh, wounds. Yeah, I believe it is. But I don't have to. No, it doesn't. It doesn't specify that it has to be a first level. Just that it has to be a spell of the same school. Cantrip. Okay. It closes and shutters. The rooms begin to shift once again, and okay. something else. Oh, yeah, I guess that is. And uh, uh, the rooms begin to shift, and you hear noise coming kind of from the center of this area. You advance into the next room? Do it. All right. Charge forth! Yes. Soft, partially transfigured stones litter the floor, and everything feels like it's made of putty here. A single pulled thread keyed to transmutation magic is in the center of the room, etc. and so on with uh, books and whatnot. I don't have transmutation magic. Okay, anybody that does, roll. I need a 16 if you succeeded last time. Or transmutation. What if we didn't roll last time? Uh, It would be a 14, then. Transmutation. That's a 13. All right, it's okay, don't worry. He fires off a spell into it, and it closes. Who fired off the spell? You did, because you... Yay, that's one less spell that I can use. Okay, you enter into the next room. Spectral elves emerge from the walls and floor here, only to disappear into another surface without saying a word. At times, a tiny, dra- a tinny dragon's roar can be heard coming from the ceiling where a dragon has been etched in the st- into the stones above. A single thread of illusion magic is in the center of this room. So on and so forth with the books. I don't actually think I have illusion. No, <laughs> I've got illusion. Don't worry about that. <laughs> All right, anybody nope, that has wait. illusion magic, roll. I do have greater and I have invisibility, but that's 28. You passed. I don't think I do. Do you have invisibility? No. I will cast mirror image into it. Okay, you cast mirror image. The fourth door opens, and you see you can either continue directly across or 
another door has opened going into kind of the central area of this where you hear all that shuddering. Do you guys want to continue around or do you want to enter into the secret door? Can we crack open both and see what's inside each without going in them? Yep. Um, you crack open the door directly across, kind of going counterclockwise as you can, as you have been. Or going around. Gosh dang. Or we'll just go left. Okay, that is the fourth seven I have rolled in a row, and you guys have already been there. Okay. Um, Pick the last you, one where you don't know. Yes. <laughs> well, there's three more that you haven't been through. Okay, um, you guys look into this room, and you see dancing images of people and places of all around the world. The images show life events as they unfold, and uh, simply be displaying recorded events. But it is a magnificent sight. It is divination magic, is what you detect, and from the door, uh, you would be within 50 feet. You would have to roll uh, for any for anybody that opened the door that didn't have that magic, but that door is the 50-foot mark. I don't think any of us have any divination. No. Okay, yeah, so then you guys are all set. So this would be divination magic. Do you guys want to enter, or do you want to go into the other door? Is there a door beyond this one? Yes. This is a big circular complex. So you would have to go through the divination door to get to another door, and then another door. This layer is a giant circle. I wonder if we're pissing our host off by closing all of these. You have not encountered him yet. Oh. I mean, you encountered him when you first entered, but you have not encountered them since. And you would know that the weave, you're repairing tears in the weave. Okay. I can close this one. I have the lantern of revealing. Or we can just pop off a cantrip at it. Yeah, but we don't have... Does it have to be the school that it is? Yes, uh, no. Uh, if it's a magic item, any magic item, it'll suck the magic out. But the spells and cantrips have to be of... Correct. Okay. Uh, then if none of us have divination, I'll just put the uh, lantern of revealing. Okay, the magic is sucked out of that item. Right. Do you guys want to continue around yet again? Or do you want to go through the secret door? Well, we got, what, two rooms left that we haven't? Correct. Just keep going. We right, just keep going around. Minus, yeah. Okay, you go into the next room. We're going left on the bigger scale. Correct, yes. yes. The walls of this room are made of highly polished, mirror-like substance, creating an illusion of an infinitely repeated space. It is enchantment magic. Which I have. 16? <clears throat> yep. <clears throat> Not 20. What'd you get? 16. 16? That is exactly what you needed to pass. What was that, Braden? I failed. I rolled a four. Okay, you cast a spell at first level or higher into it, and that thread closes. All right, one more door to the left, and then you will be back to the entrance. I believe this one would be abjuration. Yes, it would. I don't have... Th- this room is full of incorporeal shields that glitter and hover along the exterior walls. Abjuration would be things like shield. shields and stuff like I that. I do have shield of faith. So, you know, I think that's abjuration. I just made the check. Okay, so anybody that missed it, um, go ahead. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, Shield of Faith is Abjuration. Did I can you, cast it. Did you pass? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Anybody that has an Abjuration spell can cast oh, it, then. Blade Ward. Okay, yep. And yet another one closes. All of them have been closed. You're back at the entrance. Do you circle all the way back to that secret door? Yeah. Okay. The floor groans and threatens to buckle as you feel the entire complex move. If you didn't know better, you might also, or you might almost assume that the ruins of Tholanther uh, were once again taking to the skies. 
As the tumult subsides, the central space can be seen. This place is an extra-dimensional extra dimensional in origin and contains a well-appointed living space and a glassy-skinned ancient elf that is looking at your uh, that is looking at you expectantly. So that is what you would have seen when you entered into this secret space. I will target him with Artistine. Okay, and it is Quirrell. You have met him before, so that is who it is. Okay. So what would you guys like to do? I will cautiously greet him. Okay. Hello, sir. All right, yes, he's a... Oh, it's good to see you again. We found some of your books. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, He gives you guys... Let's see. A muffin. Yes, a muffin. <laughs> muffin button. If you give a cat a muffin... She'll <laughs> um, share it with her other cat, Edwin. <laughs> and then you'll have two cats who have muffins. Yes. And Edwin will share it to his cat friend. Edwin and then you'll have three cats. <laughs> Edwin has lots of friends. <laughs> that are here with us? No, but he will find them and share his muffin because that's what cats do. We're nice and we share. I don't think he can die. Okay, well, we're going to ignore the reward for this point um, because I can't find it in here and I don't want to waste too much time looking for it. I mean, so Honestly, Bob, we were talking about taking the books out of his library and returning them to him. Yeah, that is very true. Oh, that's right. You didn't find the one outside because you guys skipped that entire damn section by far. Okay. So, um, yes, you greet him. What else would you guys like to do? He seems very... Um, he, he is very interested in you guys. I will speak to him in Elvish and say, what are those things called around the outside that we just closed off, sir? Uh, uh, you have advantage on insight checks, correct? I do. Okay, go ahead and roll an insight check. Ugh, not that great. Uh, can I 11. insight without advantage? Yeah, anybody can insight this. That's a 25. Okay, yes. Um, he kind of explains about this research that he's doing, and he doesn't really understand that his research is doing these terrible, horrible things. He makes mention to the warlock is working with him. Uh, through me, I fear, he adds with a chuckle. So, um, he, he doesn't seem to be all there when you talk to him. He seems very unsure of himself, almost. Um, Who's the warlock? Did we, did we miss meeting him outside because we flew in? <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't, believe it or not. Um... We ruin everything. Yeah, this is unfortunately one of those adventures that I've got like two full pages of flavor text here of different things that I'm supposed to know with him. We ruined everything. Sorry. Yeah. The warlock, he doesn't really, when you ask him about the warlock, he just kind of ignores the question. He doesn't say anything about it. I uh, and when, uh, you get, did you guys actually in seriousness ask him about the books, the reward for the books? No. Okay. I told him we found his books in all seriousness. Oh. Okay, yes. Um, he says that, oh, well, um... Let's see, you are free to stay here and study with me uh, as long as you like. Learning is the most valuable reward. Can I, I take an eight-hour nap? <laughs> and um, he is uncertain about who the warlock is. Uh, he finds that he kind of just stops talking like a little bit. Every once in a while he'll be talking about, you know, oh, yeah, the warlock is, he's just the warlock. And, and then he just kind of stops for a second and then starts talking about something else. Where is the warlock? Yeah, the, he's around. I don't trust this warlock. Can I so try you, casting remove curse on him? Uh, you can, but it it has no effect. Oof. 
But you guys do know that he is definitely um, something is going on here. You do feel that something could possibly heal him, but it would have to be something like a greater restoration or something big. Don't have that yet. I have greater invisibility. <laughs> I have less restoration. You have greater invisibility. We'll put them together. We're good. <laughs> yes. So you guys... Um, they have a greater potion of healing. You guys are... You know that something's going on here. Uh, that this He is the cause of these these tears, the weave going nuts, everything like that. So you guys can, you're pretty sure you've got kind of one of three options. You can either destroy him, you can try to like save him or study with him, something like that, or you guys can just kind of ignore him and get out of here. Whatever you guys would like to do. I mean, yeah, he's causing these horrible warps, but he's not exactly hurting anybody. I have no reason to wish him ill. In fact, he's remarkably congenial, and I don't know how I feel about that. You guys kind of, so you kind of want to help him, try to save him from whatever this warlock's control is? I do. I think it'd be a good idea to stay around here and sort of lend a hand until this warlock shows up, and then we can interrogate him. Okay. Forcibly, with a great sword. Are you going to forcibly do it? This makes a big difference. Or are you going to... Not if I can avoid it. Okay. So you guys, you know, express your concern, try to help him and whatnot, and the Lornorn drops his head as you would express your desire. The blackouts frighten me, but I know not what I can do. The warlock is powerful and will not... His voice drops off as his features grow slack. He continues, his voice now echoing and otherworldly. I will not allow you to take this resource from me. Mistral will return to Faerun, and I will be her guide. The undead elf's body ripples with magical energy as flickering sigils no, blink to light all around of Fae? Huh? Can I do a scroll of perfection from Fae? Or you whatever? cast the scroll, nothing happens. Damn. All right, go ahead, and everybody roll me initiative. 20 to 15. 15. All right. 14 to 10. 11. 9 to 5. 5. Oh, this is good. 4 to 0. 2! Woohoo! With a plus 1 of my. from this. I kid you not, he rolled a nat 20. Oh. We all did. Alright, let me get out these stats for this wonderful, wonderful creature. Um, because he's doing that, I'm going to use an ability. A fantastic ability. And uh, we are going to uh, call upon the Furies in the area. Searching for one in particular. How far away? Actually, I should, I should have asked Bob, how far away is he going to turn up? Uh, this whole room is like, it's octat- or hexagonal in shape. And it is about 30 feet uh Radius, so well, about I mean, sixty feet wide. So I mean, I mean, I mean, the, the fury—they can come. They, he could be up to a mile away. Yeah, I'm gonna say with all this crazy magical shit going on, anything could happen. <laughs> so, um, you guys know what an azer is? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> There's gonna be one strolling through the door. I'm so happy. <laughs> and up to my side. Oh my gosh. He's not super strong because balance reasons. Still. I'm imagining like a sitcom where the door suddenly opens and Aza walks through and a live studio audience. (laughs) 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 
he is standing in the middle, obviously. Of Actually, this. Quick question, Bob. Do yes. you want me to roll separate initiative for the easier? Do you just want him to act when I act? I'm fine with whatever you want to do. If you want him to act on yours, you can. Otherwise, you can act on his own. I actually, he'd probably act on mine because he probably won't do much unless I tell him to. Okay. All right. So, standing in the middle is the lich that is trying desperately to break uh, control from this, and flanking either side of him, appearing out of nowhere, are two alhoons. So, lich mind flayers. All right. We will go ahead and let me rearrange my board here. Um, you, as soon as you are able to, Audax, you summon that. Um, I will go ahead and let that be kind of ahead of time. Um, but other than that... I, I probably would have done it as soon as I saw uh, our, our, our lich friend go into like his... Bleh. Okay. But like, just in case, I yes. want this thing around. Would Moonbone still have Death Ward? Is this within eight hours? Yes, he would still have that. Sweet. Excellent. Okay. We then go ahead and begin with the enemies. Um, he is fighting the Warlock's control, but he still is required to attack. So he is going to roll a d4. On a 4, he will attack... Um, one of the Alhoons instead of one of you guys. So he is finding control. Let me see here. He has all wizard spells from cantrip all the way to third level. So let me get the spell sheet up here. He is going to go ahead and attack um, using a sixth level spell slot. He shoots a disintegration ray at Moonbones. Moonbones. Oh yes, he fires big and early. I need a saving throw from you. That is, let's see here, dexterity save. And the DC on that is 20. Okay, so I have to roll a natural 20 to succeed. Uh, 14. 14, all right. You take, see here. Ready for a 10d6 plus 40. Yes. <laughs> 16, 26, uh, 31. I was so glad I have Death Ward on him. Alright, you take, I didn't roll, but I never rolled alright. Um, you take. alright. Yes, 76 force damage. Wow, alright. Cool. I don't think I have that many band aids. <laughs> Alright, and then the two Alhoons get a turn. The two Alhoons are going to... Um, they are both going to attack, uh, cast Magic Missile. And I'm going to roll to see who they attack. Uh, one, two, uh, that's Hope. And then a three, that's Virgil. So you guys get struck with Magical Missiles. So that's um, 11 points to Hope. Oh my god, that's two ones and a two. Jesus Christ. So that's seven points to you, Virgil. So they're not starting off strong yet, but they're keeping in mind that crap could go down. Just seven uh, points. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's something. Nala, it is your turn. Ooh, can I do Dawn without hitting any of us? Can you do what? Dawn. 30-foot radius. Uh, let me see. I'm a melee attacker. Yes. You're not there yet. Yet? I'm going to have to move into it. This room is 30 by 30. So, so 30 foot radius would hit the entire room and then some. 
And moon bones are pretty bad? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm okay. I've, I've got 56 HP left. Out of? 132. Below half. Yeah. Where is it? Okay. You gotta be kidding me. Frick me. Oh, oh we did have it. Okay, good. Healing luck for that. Okay. That's 42 points of health for you. Oh, damn. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Solid. Yes. That was life transference. There you oh, go. So she took that from herself. Yeah. <laughs> I gave you the opportunity to use that. I don't have enough band-aids or enough time to just sit there and do, here's one band-aid, here's another band-aid. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to be another slap fight. All right. Uh, we then move on to Matthias. Okay. Just remember, there's a 25% chance he may attack one of the other guys, and I, I named the spell that he's doing beforehand, so... Would it could... be metagaming if you tell us right now that if we kill him, we kill the the, the name I can't say? Like, uh-huh. if we is are, if we kill this wizard, are we actually killing what's-his-face? The lich? Yeah. Yeah, you would be killing the lich. Okay. If I bring him back, would I bring back the wizard? <laughs> Who knows? We'll see. Okay, I'm going to... Cast Synaptic Static. Okay. And I am going to heighten spell this on him. So he rolls with disadvantage. They do have um, advantage, so that is. That is one pass, that is two passes, and for him, that is a fail. Alrighty. So they take... You know what? He's going to go ahead and choose to succeed on it. Okay. So they'll all take half of damage. They all take 30 points of psychic damage. Okay, okay. damn. Not too bad. <laughs> and they all passed? Um, let me see. Yes, they did. All three of them passed. Okay. All right. Okay, so 30 points. 30 points of psychic damage to all of them. Or, sorry, half that, so 15. Oh, 15? So 15 okay. to all of them. Yes. Yeah. Okay, um... Alright, it is now Moonbone's turn. Okay, so I assume we are sort of standing off against them. All of us are in a group, and they're in a group, sort of off a little bit. Correct. Okay, I'm going to move just ahead of us, probably five feet, and slam my shield down into the ground as an action. And I will use improve, uh, improve impromptu battlements, so the wall now lasts for a minute, but I get a, another use of my shape weapon immediately. Okay. So we have a little bit of cover here, and I am going to duck down behind the wall to sort of protect myself from any attacks and cast a second level thunderous smite on my uh, shield for the next turn. Alright, awesome. Audax. Alright, chugging a potion. My potion of stone giant strength, because I forgot to do that earlier. Alright. And, uh. And that was your action? That was my action, um. As a bonus action. I think we are going to 
I think we're just gonna hang out. Okay. And he is going to go ahead as a legendary action and cast Cantrip. Alright, he attacks you guys once again. And that's Warlock, <laughs> not Wizard. Alright. We all have uh, plus two to AC as well. Being behind the wall. Awesome. He shoots a firebolt at Audax. So Audax does a. Yeah, that'll hit. Uh, that's more than a 20. Um, and Firebolt at that level. Let's see, he is... Oh, where is it? He is an 18th level spellcaster. 40-10. Alright, thank you, Virgil. Uh-huh. 9, uh, 13... 19 points of fire damage to you, Audax. And it is then his turn and all the enemy's turn. I've met firecrackers who hit harder than that. <laughs> Alright. He is going to cast Power Word Kill. That, on the other hand... <laughs> Roll a d4, see who he attacks. That was a three. Virgil! I have more than 100 hit points. Okay! Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Awesome! All right. Um, <laughs> yes. All right, we are then on to... Addition. Oh, crap! I forgot. Um, oh, it's still the Alhoon's turn. My Azer forgot to... Yes! Quickly with your Azer. Um, he's going to stop forward and Warhammer one of the, uh, the, the the goons that's flanking the Lich. I doubt a nine hits. Does not know. Alright. And I added in on the board here so that I remember on mine um, the Azer. So he will be on initiative count right after you. So he got one. <laughs> Alright. Wait, wait, wait. Nope. He would have actually matched me because I rolled a one, two. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. I'll let him go before or after you, whichever you prefer. Okay. Um, then it is on to the other two Alhoons. They are going to go ahead. And I need from everybody, I need two DC 16 intelligence saving throws from everybody. They can't see me because I'm down behind the wall. Does that make a difference? This would be a 60 foot cone of psychic energy. I pass. And the Azer fails both of them. Okay. Might um, not survive this. Past one fail. What was the DC? DC 16 intelligence saving throw. I made it. If you passed, I need two of them. Um, if you passed, absolutely nothing happens. If you fail, you take 22 points of psychic damage for each failure, and you are stunned for one minute. Azer is gone. No, that's okay. not fair. He's only got 39 hit points. No, this is oh. not fair for me. I'm stunned. <laughs> yes, a target can repeat the saving throw at the end of its turns, ending the effect on itself um, on its success. So if you fail so both, how much you damage? 22 for each. Okay. And if you failed one of them, you're only stunned for one minute. So the, the effects don't stack. All right, we are then on to initiative count 20, lair action. It's not fair. Alright, um, I'm going to go ahead and roll to see which effect happens. Casts a cantrip, and it attacks one of the Alhoons. Alright, it casts, hey. yes, it casts the um, Firebolt at one of the Alhoons. Uh, that, yep, that actually hits, and it does, see, that's 14, 21, 29 points of damage against one of them, and that 
definitely did not help establish a strong relationship between them. Alright. There's some trust issues going on in this group. We then move on to Nala. Okay, I'm stunned, but I still want to know how are you guys looking. Like, I can't do anything about it, but I just want to know. Oh, I'm fine. Fine, man. Okay, I just wanted to know. My little fire dwarf is dead, and that makes me sad. Did not pass. Okay. We then move on to Matthias. What's the save? 16 intelligence. Okay. Quick question. Yes, sir. Do we have any idea how we might be able to break the warlock's hold over the lich? Um, let me see here. Do do. You can render him unconscious. Um, basically, either beating the crap out of him until he's dead, um, or making him unconscious. Uh, but the warlock will regain control as soon as he becomes conscious again. So what would you guys like to do? I think we're on to... Oh yes, we are on to Moonbones. Sorry for that derail, but I was just curious. Alright. Uh, I am going to... Still hiding behind the wall, I will drink my potion of growth and enlarge myself. Okay. As my action. Uh, and there's not much else I can do right now. I'll just hold my, um, hold the rest of my turn just to hide down behind the wall as best as I can. All right. Another lair, uh, another legendary action. Really? Yep. I can do them. It's up to three of them a turn. All right. They reset at the start of his turn. He casts another cantrip because he's just crazy like that. A one, he attacks you again, um, uh, Audax. Oh, I don't know why I rolled with initiative or advantage. That will actually not hit. Um, I'm assuming a 13 does not. No. Wow. Okay, yeah. He totally misses you with that fireball. Okay, uh, on to you, Audax. Okay, and I gotta remember. Uh, uh, Alright, so I'm adding just a plus two to all of those for now. We're gonna take we're gonna take advantages of this potion as much as we can, and uh, we're gonna go lay into one of. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go lay into the guy who killed my buddy. Okay. And uh, we're gonna take that minus because I'm a very gr- I'm a very grumpy metal crafter. <clears throat> First attack. Will a twenty six hit? Uh, twenty six. Yes, that will definitely hit. All right. Are you kidding me? Uh, for 13 points of slashing damage. All right. Oh, sorry, 23. I forgot to add the 10. Second attack will not hit. Okay. All right, Azer is dead. Oh, that's right. Okay. When you raise him off the board. My bad. That, that, that's one of the drawbacks for to, to him only being a CR2 is... Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Then uh, we're moving on to... Um, the main guy, he's going to cast Finger of Death. Roll to see who he hits with that. Three once again. No! Oh, no. All right, Virgil, Constitution saving throw. DC 20. That is a 14. A 14, okay. You fail. You take 
500,000 points. Yes. Of yes. 66 points of necrotic damage. I'm resistant, so that's 33 points. Yep. That is lucky. Yes, it is. That's why I'm rolling this regular style, because I am, I don't want to accidentally cheat anybody out of their thing. So, um, yeah, and since it's a con state, it doesn't even matter that you're stunned. Yeah. Okay, and... The two liches, or the two alhoons, excuse me, are going to... Oh shit, why the hell not? Both of them are going to cast Disintegrate. Oh god. Uh, that is one on Virgil. You automatically fail to save. And that is one on Hope. Give I'm me a dexterity saving throw. Can I? I'm stunned. Oh, oh you automatically fail, that's right. I love you guys, remember this. I am rolling to make it random. Alright. Got an itch right on my eyebrow, Robert. Can you see it right here? <laughs> yeah, I can I can see that middle finger you're scratching your eyebrow with. I'm so. down. <laughs> I'm probably down. Oh, you're dead. Yeah, if you, you your body is totally disintegrated if that happens. What about my nine lives? Huh? My nine lives yeah, I don't you, even you get don't, a saving throw? Do I get death saving throws? No, no. If you are reduced to zero, your body literally disintegrates. The only way to come back is the true resurrection spell or wish. How, how many health points do you have? 63. Oh man, okay. Um, Robert, you have to roll 40. low. Yeah, I know. I'm going to roll them separately. Okay, and I am rolling low. Okay, I'm not even kidding. You can confirm these whoever wants them. Um, that is 5, 15. So we're up to 55. Oh, um, that is. Nope, that's enough. So, yep, you are disintegrated. <laughs> Puff of fur. It's okay, this is actually a very hard one for you guys. Oh, hope it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Even if you guys die on this, you're coming back for level 20. This is supposed to be very, very difficult for you guys to beat. If it makes you feel better, though, uh, one of them is already bloodied, uh, one of them is getting close, and the main guy is pretty damn close as well. I don't want to left my Okay, Virgil, uh, that is, you can confirm them again if you want. That's 50, that's 54. 68. 68 points of damage. Okay. Do my possessions disintegrate too? Everything except magical items. Yeah. Um, potions, magic items? Yeah, potions or magic. Alright guys, there's two regular potions <laughs> on the floor. They probably shattered when they hit the ground. No, I, I, I'm, I'm not that tall! I'm not that mean. I'm <laughs> not gonna let that happen. <laughs> this is the first permadeath to ever happen on the show. Alright, uh, we move on to... Lair action 20. <laughs> Alright, Lair action. He is going to go ahead and once again cast a cantrip because some of these don't affect undead and I don't want to cheat anybody out. He gets one of the Alhoons again. Uh, the one that has not been that damaged, unfortunately. That does hit him and deals 20 points of damage. The second one is almost down to bloodied. We move on to Matthias. That hurts. Remember, yeah. I, I left behind two potions for you guys. <laughs> That's an at 20. Okay, you are no longer affected by the stun. Do I have my turn now, or is that the end of my turn? So, that was at the end of your turn. Alright, Moonbones. Alright, seeing his friend be killed in front of him, and knowing that he can't cast Revivify on a pile of ash, he is uh, gonna jump over the... Um, wall rushing towards 
uh, the group of them. He is a giant skeleton, a large-sized skeleton right now. All right. He is rushing forward to the first one in front of Odax, and he is going to shove him to the ground. He has advantage on uh, strength checks because he is a... because of this enlarged potion that he drank. Yes, he does, and these little guys are wimpy, so that was a whole 10. 25. He is shoved to the ground. Alright, one of them is now prone. I'll attack the next person over. Okay, yes, the guy in the middle, the main lich. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Well, that's not too good, only a 13 to hit. No, not quite enough, unfortunately. A little bit more AC than that, but not by much. Okay, and I'll attack the other Alhoon now. As a bonus action, I'll use a shove, so. Alright. And that was an 8. Uh, 14. So he's on the ground now as well. Alright. Yeah, they have a whole plus 0 for their strength, so it doesn't take much to knock one of them down. Onyx! So, um, basically for the rest of this fight, we're just going to assume that I am taking full advantage of the minus 5 plus 10 because I am not a happy camper. Okay, let's go. So we're going to go the one that's knocked on the ground at my feet. All right. First attack. Nope. Okay, second attack. Well, a 17 hit. Very much so, yes. All right, and we are going to... 28 points of slashing damage. Holy cow, okay, yeah, that that's well, well, well below bloody. He is not looking good. I should also mention that I had Thunderous Smite still on my weapon. Oh, you did? Okay, yes, roll that. Uh, he takes an additional 8 points of thunder damage. Okay, awesome. I'm angry, but I'm not, you know, like, blood rage angry. I, I, I only have two uses of that left. I need to... Okay. All right, so done with your turn, then? Yeah, those are both of my attacks, and, uh, you know, huh? Bonus action or anything? I don't have access to that one yet. I think we're gonna go with a... We're gonna go with a... We're gonna cast Staggering Smite. Okay. For the next time around. All right. Initiative count uh, back, I mean, to uh, all the enemies. All right, Mr. Lichbones is going to cast Shoobity-Doobity-Doo, uh, Blight. Uh, let's see who he hits. Holy crap, once again, he hits another one of the Alhoons, this time the one that was almost dead. Let's see, he fails the con save. 8d8 Necrotic, and he does have resistance, but still. And that's 35. We then move on to the two Alhoons. The two Alhoons used up their only six-level slot. They are going to go ahead and cast Lightning Bolt. Lightning bolt both of them. And it hits... Counter spell. On one of them? Yeah. All right, go ahead and roll for that one. Oh, no, you don't. It's third-level spell. Yeah. So then the other one is going to just fire it off, and it hits... That is you, Bones, Moonbones. I need a dexterity saving throw from you, I believe. Yep, uh, only a 10. All right, yes, then that will hit you. All right, Lightning Bolt does 8d6 lightning damage. 32 points of lightning damage to you. All right. All right, initiative count 20. Once again, another layer action. Going to cast a cantrip, because why I fixed why I ain't broken. That's a one. It hits Audax. Firebolt. That will, holy crap, that'll miss yet again. 
Okay, um, we then move on to Matthias. How is everything looking? Uh, the one Alhoon is damn near dead. The main guy isn't looking too bad. The other guy is getting close to bloody. I'm pissed. Twin spelling disintegrate on both Alhoons. Woo! Yes. Okay. Screw this. <laughs> I am so angry right now. All right, that is... 18 is my DC. Okay. Uh, oh, Dex. Dex, yes. Uh, that is a 17 and a... Fail. 18. So one passes, one fails. Okay, that's 76 points of force damage. 76? 76. Okay. Well, one is standing by single digits. Okay, we then move on to... Uh, Moonbones. There is a single Alhoon left. The main guy still isn't looking too terrible. Uh, Virgil, I should say that you can duck down behind my wall and have oh. full cover. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I would, I would have tried to find cover. Okay, if yep. possible. Okay. All right. Uh, the last Alhoon, he is going to get pushed to the ground first, hopefully. <laughs> Did they shove? That's a sixteen. Um, 29. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why I bothered rolling. <laughs> um, and I will attack him while he's on the ground. Ooh, 28 to hit. Yes, that will hit. 8 points of radiant damage. That Alhoon is dead. Excellent. And as my bonus action, I will shove the uh, Uglidge. Okay. So 24. You rolled a three. <laughs> Another prone. Hot axe. Well, nothing else for it. Let's get to chopping. Does a 18 hit him? 18 does, yes. For 10, 22 points of slashing damage. Sorry, 32. I forgot to add the 10. Okay. Actually, wait. Am I doing that math right? Math is hard. Math is hard. No, it is 22. I did add the 10. All right, and then second attack. That will hit for 20 points of slashing damage. He is below bloody. <laughs> okay. We then move on to him. Uh, he is going to go ahead and cast Fireball. Is he going to stand up first? Disintegrate. He yeah, he's going to stand up. Uh, so. Counterspell. <laughs> okay, counterspell that one. Awesome. Um, he is then going to, uh, on his turn, since there are no Alhoons left, he... I need uh, all everybody within 20 feet to give me a DC 18 Constitution saving throw. True. 25. Okay. No! 21 points of necrotic damage on a failed save. 17. Um, that would be 10 on a on a success. 21, you said? Yes. And that was uh, his legendary action. You know what? I'm okay with that. I'm still above 100. <laughs> We then move on to it, Matthias. Power word stun. Does he have less than 150 hit points? Yes, he does. He is He's stunned. stunned. As a bonus action, I'm going to quicken spell and cast uh, chill touch. Okay, go ahead. That's a 28 to hit. Yep. I rolled like crap. That's eight points of necrotic damage. Okay. He takes half of that. He cannot regain HP. And okay. he has disadvantage on attacks against me. Okie dokie. If he can attack. Moonbones, it's your turn. I'm going to run to him. Uh, do you think we should try and keep him alive or just... Destroy okay. him. He killed our friend. That's true. 
I will cast a Thunderous Smite, and I will attack it. Uh, that is the first hit, a 21 to hit. Yes, that hits. Uh, the first attack does... 4 Thunder Damage and 7 Radiant Damage. Uh, okay. The second attack is a 21 to hit. Yes. And that is 10 points of Radiant Damage. Okie dokie. He is not looking good at this point. On then to Audax. 22 to hit. Yes, that hits. And we are going to go ahead and this time around do a second level Fury Enhanced Strike. Okay. Uh, That's going to be 21 points of slashing damage and 18 points of force damage. Oh, wow. Okay. Second attack. Okay. Is a 20 to hit. Yes. And we're going to use up my last... That's going to be 11. 23 points of slashing and 20 points of force. You expire, the lich. Slimes take you! I will send you to the crows! Alright, as this lich finally falls, the entire area goes completely silent. Nothing else remains. Out of the ashes, you hear a... And an ashy furball coughs up as a cat reappears! Ah! Uh, yay! Undead cat! <laughs> Is Edwin still okay even though I died? Oh yeah, he's fine. He's just, he doesn't even care. He was just kind of batting at the ashes. He does yeah. too care. He loves me. Cats don't care about anybody. I care about Edwin <laughs> and Edwin cares about me. Okay. You guys are able then to do whatever you want with the remainder of his lair, his spell books, and anything else you guys would like to do. We will go ahead. I'd like to burn it to the ground. Can I try bringing him back? Huh? Go. Can I try bringing. Can I, like, if I bring him back, will I bring back the wizard? Well, you we we no didn't idea. actually kill the wizard. We just broke his hold on the lich by killing the lich. Yes. You guys can do whatever you guys would like to do at this point. It is totally your call. But if you guys would like for right now, we will go ahead and call it for this week. When we pick up next week, it will be for our first 20th level adventure. Yay! Yay. Expect death giants. Yay! (laughs) Thank you guys very much, and we will go ahead and see you next week. Say goodbye. Bye. Laters. What would have happened if I brought him back? Thank you once again for joining us for another episode of the Homebrew Review. If you would like a chance to join our show and vote on who gets in and what material makes it, please visit our Patreon page where you can help support our podcast and possibly join the crew here. Also, if you would like to follow us, we are on Facebook at Guild Adventure. You can also find us on our website along with links to all the material at www.theadventuringguild.com. So thank you all very much and we hope to see you next week.